Hello, and welcome to the Finding the Magic podcast. I'm Trisha Copeland, fiction author and host of the show. For episode eight, I have another treat for you. I'm sharing the first chapter of Kingdom of Embers with you today. Last week, I talked about the upcoming release of the finale of the YA Urban Fantasy Kingdom Journal series. Today, I wanted to take you back to the beginning so you get a look into Alina's story as read by my narrator, Amy Duchler. As I mentioned last week, I met Amy at PennCon 2019 in St. Louis. I was at my author table and Amy came by handing out postcards and introducing herself as a narrator. I talked with her for a few minutes, then followed up after the convention. Amy produced a sample of Kingdom of Embers for me and became the voice of Alina. After Kingdom of Embers, she became the voice of Camille in Kingdom of Darkness, both of which were released in 2020. Kingdom of Embers is a Colorado Independent Publishers Association award winner and Reader's Choice Gold Award and five star award winning novel for fantasy. Elena Scott is a vampire witch hybrid who must live in secret, hiding her witch heritage from the vampires and both are vampire and witch traits from all the humans. Her mother has been moving her around the country for years, looking for something. Only Elena doesn't know what it is. On the cusp of turning 18, an age when witches can choose to embrace their full powers, Elena decides to take matters into her own hands and finds out what her mother is hiding. In her quest, Elena finds Hunter, a once thought imaginary friend, now Hunter, like Alina, is all grown up, and the two embark on a journey to find how they are connected. Listen in as we experience Alina's world in Kingdom of Embers. Chapter 1 Now the serpent was the most cunning of all the animals that the Lord God had made. Genesis chapter 3 verse 1 Marnin. The curtain swooshed open, and light poured into my room. I mashed the feather pillow into my face, wishing the woman moving around my room would disappear. Can't I be homeschooled, or at least try online high school? One year. I've only got one year left. I extended my arm and pointed my index finger up. You know what your mother would say. I heard Elizabeth cross to the dresser. Does she remember what it's like to be a teenager? Can I get a replacement for her, or at least a refund? Now, Alina, you know you don't mean that. You're wrong. I sat up and let the pillow fall to my lap. I have fresh flowers for you, and the ribbons for your hair all laid out. I could smell the flowers from the hall and heard you lay the ribbons on my dresser. You don't need to tell me everything. Ah, oh, I can't believe they're making us wear matching hair decorations the first day of school. I flung the white silk sheet from my legs and swung my feet to the floor. It's a thin ribbon. Elizabeth held up the red satin piece. At least it's a good color. That bright orange at your last school was hideous. Don't remind me of Cal High. I zipped to her and snatched the ribbon. You better watch yourself. Your mother wants you to be in the habit of moving like a human. What's the point of this place if we can't be ourselves? Rolling my eyes, I ran to the bed, jumped over it, 
and grabbed my phone from the table. Back at my closet, I checked for a message from Kaylee. My best friend had come up from San Ramon the previous weekend, and we'd bought matching outfits. We planned to text each other a selfie when we got dressed for school. Do you have your clothes picked out? Elizabeth called from the door. Yes. I lifted black pants and a flower print silk top off the bar. Your mother approved it? I popped my head out of the dressing room. Last night. I'll make your breakfast. Orm will have the car ready to leave in, Elizabeth lifted her wrist. 45 minutes. My hand went to my hip. The car? I thought I could ride the bus. Mother's orders. L.A. is not like San Ramon. L.A. is not like San Ramon, I mouthed as I retreated to my bathroom. I can hear that, you know. Elizabeth's voice trailed behind her from the hall. Tugging my hair back tight and securing it with an elastic band, I started the water and washed my face. Switching school senior year felt like torture. I thought mother would have learned from the debacle of my eighth grade year, but I hadn't been so lucky. Patting my face dry, I applied makeup, making sure to swipe my eyelids with the cheerleader mandatory plum shadow. Brushing my hair out, I parted it on the side and braided the front portion, weaving the red ribbon through the design. At least they weren't dictating size or placement. If I had to wear a huge bow on top of my head, I would have staged a coup. Pulling on my pants and shirt, I stood in front of the mirror to check my look. Lifting my phone, I snapped an image and sent it to Kaylee. I gathered my shoes and backpack and headed to the kitchen. Alina! Mother's sing-song voice called out as I entered the room. She sat perched at the end of the marble bar like every morning, reading the New York Times and sipping coffee. Elizabeth has quail eggs and fresh bread from the market for you. Thanks, Elizabeth. I shot her a thumbs up and kissed Mother on the cheek as I slid into my seat. Mother looked me up and down as Elizabeth sat a plate in front of me. The outfit looks nice. Why the ribbon and plum eyeshadow? Mandatory cheer thing. I guess they want to show school spirit the first day. Either that or they're marking us as a tribe right from the start. I dipped my bread in the egg. And that's the way you're supposed to wear it? We got to choose placement. It suits you. The corners of my mouth turned up. Thanks, Mother. Mother was not one to hand out compliments, so when she did, I lapped them up. Okay. She slapped her hand on the counter. Orm has his instructions for driving. I will see you at dinner. She leaned over and pecked me on the cheek. Standing, her heels clinked across the marble floor as she walked as fast as she could in her pencil skirt and four-inch heels. Good day, Elizabeth, she said as she exited the room. Good day, madam, Elizabeth responded. My phone dinged as I tore another piece of bread from the loaf. Opening the screen, I viewed Kaylee's message. You look awesome. She detached a picture of herself in the same outfit. You do too, I texted back. Sorry about the pants, but you know my mother. Are you kidding? It's one day. I'll be back in shorts tomorrow. I miss you. Hope you have a good day at your new school. Thanks and miss you too. Hope your day is good too. Say hi to everyone for me. You should finish your eggs, Elizabeth pointed at my plate. You need to leave in five minutes. As I set my phone down, 
Orm appeared in the doorway. Good morning, madam. I spun my head, looking in one direction and then the opposite. I don't see my mother. Oh, Miss Alina, you say that every morning. I know, I winked at him. It's our thing. Did you have eggs? I dipped another piece of bread in my scrambled mixture. You know my tastes are a bit different. Elizabeth lifted my empty plate from the table. He had broiled lamb and gravy with the bread. Good choice. I have to brush my teeth, but I'll be right back. In my sock feet, I slid across the foyer and to my room. Hopping over my white rug, I snatched my toothbrush and cleaned my teeth as fast as I could. Re-entering the kitchen, I slipped on my ankle boots and lifted my pack to my shoulders. Okay, I'm ready. Have a good day, Elizabeth squeezed my shoulders. Dinner is at 7.30, as usual. Orm and I crossed the foyer to the front doors. Waiting in the elevator lobby outside, my phone buzzed. Tapping the screen, I saw Sophie's image, her red ribbon crisscrossed over a low braid. Nice, we're twinning. I texted her a picture of my braid. The elevator arrived, and Orm motioned me in. The tone dinged as we passed floor after floor. You don't have to drive me. I can ride the bus. Your mother has given strict instructions, with the level of activity, I made air quotes around the word. Yes, with the level of activity in the area, I agree. Can I at least ride in the front seat? You may, madam. Stepping into the garage, the cool, dank air of the underground structure made me shiver. Perhaps you should have worn a sweater. It'll be warm in the sun. That is true. Having reached the car, Orm held the door open for me, closing it once I was inside. Moving sucks, I told him as he started the engine. But you always do fine and make friends. You have already. You went shopping with Sophie yesterday. She's nice. I wish it didn't have to be my senior year. I liked Cal High in the Bay Area. Los Angeles is the city of angels. It will grow on you. I'm surprised you don't feel a connection with your birthplace. Orm drove the car out of the garage and pulled into traffic. I have the memories, but not the sentiment, except for my friends. Your imaginary friends? Chase and Ivy. Named because the little boy liked to play Chase, and the little girl had eyes as green as, well, Ivy. I don't like to talk about Ivy. Ivy left abruptly, and an absence, like a dark hole, lingered with her memory. We'd lived in Thousand Oaks, north of Los Angeles, until I was four. Mother accepted my imaginary friends for a year before she relocated us to Miami. My visions, or hallucinations, whatever they were, disappeared with the move. After Miami, we'd lived in Atlanta, Baltimore, New York City, Chicago, Seattle, and most recently, the East Bay of San Francisco. You'd think they were military or corporate moves, but Mother was the head of her organization and had been since I was three. They relocated for her. She transplanted us because she was looking for something. I hadn't figured out what it was yet, but I was close. Her missions had something to do with me. The only time I spent time with Mother outside of five minutes at breakfast and an hour at dinner consisted of planned outings. 
They occurred once a month or sometimes twice a week. She always knew her destination and required my presence. At first, I thought we were searching for my father. I didn't remember him. My mother always told me he had to be separated from us for my safety. Part of me wondered if he'd abandoned us. But in the past year, I'd put together some clues that ruled him out as her target. Mother seemed most on edge as we neared a teen boy. Her eyes would cut to me as if to gauge my reaction, like I'd sense something about the boy if he were the one. At the end of each trip, she asked if I'd felt drawn to anyone. Like a magnetic pull? I asked the first time. Or maybe you heard someone's thoughts? Like my imaginary friends when I was little? Perhaps. But I'd never felt anything more than the normal hum of magical powers I detected in the presence of a witch. Her face fell each time I reported no special connection during our nights out. At first, I thought I'd failed her, done something wrong. Each time, she'd reassure me it wasn't my fault. Beyond guessing the target to be male, I'd hit a dead end. My hypothesis stalled on her search for a brother, half-brother, or a being like me. My shoulders shuddered each time I entertained the idea that she wanted to find a hybrid so I could have a husband who shared my genetic makeup. Under the suspicion I wasn't supposed to know anything, I played ignorant. I didn't complain when we visited restaurants, stores, coffee shops, concerts, and sporting arenas. Time with mother was rare, and I didn't want to spoil it. Following Orm one day in Seattle, when mother thought I was with a friend, I learned he helped with the quest. I saw him visit several churches, restaurants, and bookstores. That evening, Mother took me to the same area and locations he'd been. Miss, Orm brought me out of my thoughts. I looked up to see the high school building outside my window. Oh, thanks. I'll pick you up right here at five. You have your private gymnastics instruction afterwards, so I'll have a snack for you. Thanks, Orm. I fitted my sunglasses firmly on my face and slid my backpack off the floor. Have a good day, madam. And don't... I know the drill. Don't isolate, but don't overshare. And don't eat or kill anyone. I got it. I rolled my eyes, thinking mother would prefer to have background checks on every student at the high school. I knew she already had intel on the cheer girls' families. God, she was paranoid. I wished she'd realize I was almost an adult and could handle myself. Thinking it placed me in a good position socially, cheerleading was the one activity she allowed me to participate in, so I counted my blessings and didn't ask for more. Humans weren't supposed to know about vampires or witches. Those that did posed a threat. Further, because I represented a species forbidden by witch and vampire cultures alike, Mother took every precaution. I stepped out of the vehicle, face to the sun, taking in its warm glow. Southern California was the best place we'd ever lived, although San Ramon was a close second. Seattle had been miserable. I couldn't believe we'd made it through two years in that cold, dark city. Every time I'd asked to move, Mother would say we could move to Portland, but it wasn't any sunnier. We had a lot of outings when we'd lived there and traveled often to British Columbia, Vancouver, Calgary, even Alaska. Trips with Mother were the only thing I missed about the Northwest.
On the sidewalk, I weaved through scores of students, walked up the stairs and through the main entrance. Over the heads of the sea of kids, I caught sight of a red bow at the top of a ponytail that could only belong to one person. Hannah. Hannah, for lack of a better term, held queen bee status. After cheerleader tryouts, we'd been made co-captains, but Hannah didn't know the definition of co-anything. To be fair, cheerleading was her turf. I'd gotten captain status because of my tryout score. Their rules mandated the person with the highest marks earned the rank of captain, but no one was happy when the new girl, a.k.a. me, placed first. So they made us co-captains. Hannah banished me to work with the other new girls while she and her flock, save Sophie, acted as if I didn't exist for the first month of summer practice. As a senior and veteran cheerleader, Sophie classified herself as a fringe hive member. They tolerated her, and since she befriended me, I also got reluctant acceptance. Alina! Sophie wrapped her arms around me. I arched my back, and she released me. I hated avoiding skin contact. Sophie was a hugger, but I couldn't risk her realizing I wasn't like other people. Sorry. Anyway, I love your ribbon. She held up my braid. Look what Alina did. Hannah looked down her nose. So you guys planned that hippie look, or did the same bad 70s fashion idea pop into your head separately? At least you made it before the bell rang, Alina. Barely. She rolled her eyes and held up her phone in front of her face as if to check the time. Wasn't the traffic horrible? My bus was late too. Sophie filled in as I tried to reel in my pulse rate. Yeah, I agreed. Mother hated loitering and didn't like me to be more than five minutes early to school. Fortunately, Hannah and the rest of the cheer squad had turned their attention back to the football players beside them. Sophie linked her arm through mine. I hate that we don't have any classes together. You'll meet nice people, though. I slinked my hand away from the embrace. Sure. I nodded as the bell rung, trying to psych myself up. At least I had an out halfway through the day. Mother had been generous enough to sign the off-campus permission slip so I could grab lunch somewhere other than the cafeteria. My dietary requirements, or allergies as I called them, dictated no processed foods. The only cooked items I ate were yeast breads, rice, potatoes, and sometimes rare meats. In the past, Orm delivered my lunch, but he drew attention, something I tried to avoid. Mother also allowed me a free period at the end of the day. I had to be back on campus for cheer practice, but the free hour felt like winning the lottery. I should have given her more credit. Even though she sprung the move on me the first day of spring break, she'd made my transition as seamless as possible. Getting into the cheerleading tryouts and moving the day after school let out gave me time to acclimate. I missed my friends in San Ramon like crazy, but this move had been my smoothest yet. Finding my class and sliding into a seat near the door, I scanned the other students for a familiar face. Being with the cheerleading squad all summer helped with introductions. Even though Mother wouldn't let me go to their parties, I'd met a good number of the athletes. Hey, it's Elena, right? A face I recalled from the football team stood in front of me. Mind if I sit here? He motioned to the seat beside me. No, 
I shook my head. Sitting down, he leaned towards me. So this class is supposed to be really hard. Are you good at history? Yeah, pretty good. Sweet. We can be study partners. I pointed my pen at him. Nick, right? I asked, pretending to guess at his name. That's me. A smile spread across his face. Good. I bit my lip. Do you have seventh period off? That's the only free time I have. I have study hall then, but you could hang out there. Okay. I agreed, hoping he wouldn't want to meet every day. The teacher called the class to order and handed out our textbooks. Elizabeth and mother were born in 15th and 16th century Ireland and France, respectively. Orm, born in the 1300s to Vikings, grew up in what became Norway, so I figured the class wouldn't be one I'd have trouble with. Calculus and physics might be challenging, but not European history or literature. When it was time for the next period, I followed Nick to our math class. As the bell rang at the end of the lesson, he tapped my hand. What do you have next? European literature? I'm out. Catch you later. Okay, I smiled at him. Finding my way to the room, I again found a seat near the door. Surveying the other students, I found none I recognized. Clapping sounds and a whistle from across the room caught my attention. Well, what do we have here? The boy approached me and picked up my ponytail. A smart cheerleader? You must be new. I steeled a grin to my face, thinking I'd like to rip his head off. Cheerleaders can't be smart? I stood and tugged my hair from his grip. He held his palms up. I don't know. We'll see. He spun away from me and then back again, his finger aimed at my face. You know this is an advanced class, right? Okay, Mr. Ganby, that's enough, came a voice from the front of the room. Placing my hands on the desk in front of me, I let the cool, smooth surface calm my nerves. If he knew what I was capable of, he'd have thought twice before picking on me. I hated kids like him. The teacher started the lecture, and I willed the anger out of my brain. I wished I had a better comeback for him. Blend in, I reminded myself. After literature, I found Nick in my physics class and took a seat beside him. When the lecture was over, he asked if I wanted to join him and his friends for lunch. Wow, thanks for inviting me. I raked my hair behind my ear. But I have this food allergy, so I'm heading to the sushi place down the street. Sushi? Sweet. The team eats together, so I have to hang with them. Let me get your number so we can meet up to study. Sure. I told him the digits, and he punched them into his phone. Walking through the hall and down the stairs, I released my breath. As if it weren't bad enough being new, I had to deal with my weird diet restrictions. On the flip side, the fact that I couldn't eat cafeteria food got me out of the building for an hour. Orm and I had scouted out a sushi place two blocks away. Before I reached the sidewalk, I checked my phone for messages. Reading Sophie's text, I turned in the direction of the restaurant. Hope your day is good. We'll miss you at lunch. One nice person, one not nice person. They balance each other out, I guess. Nice guy Nick, football player, is in three of my classes. Cool. 
see you this afternoon. Remembering to focus on my surroundings, I walked the couple of blocks to the cafe. It was packed with customers, but the hostess showed me to a seat at the bar and left a menu on the counter. When the waiter brought a warm towel, I let the warmth from the soft fabric penetrate my hands and ease my tensions. I'd made it through four classes. The teachers had been nice, and I'd sort of made a friend. The likes of Mr. Ganby would see soon enough that cheerleaders could be smart. When the attendant returned, I ordered my favorite roll and scrolled through my other messages. Seeing one from Kaylee, I read it first. At lunch, miss you. I replied and checked the cheerleader group chat. None of it was for me, save Nick had told them he'd invited me to lunch. I was sure it was met with an eye roll. I got the feeling Hannah and her gang thought I lied about my food issues to appear aloof or special. Like it would win me friends? Being different made me stand out, but not in a good way. I got categorized in the special bucket, then they moved on. Not many people looked deeper, especially when you moved every other year. I jutted my chin out. This was my last year of high school. Then I'd choose my college, and my life would be my own. Picking up the fish roll in front of me, I finished my meal and exited the restaurant. I spied a familiar vehicle and shot across the street. The dark window opened to reveal Orm. Checking up on me? I asked. Mother's orders. You didn't even try to hide. You shouldn't be whisking across the road like that. How are you doing? I'd like a nap, but fine. I only wanted to kill one person, and I think I made a quasi-friend. He wants me to help him with European history. A boy? Your mother? Yeah, yeah. I pounded on the roof. Okay, I've got to get back to school. You go do whatever it is you do when I'm gone. Elizabeth is making your favorite for dinner. Sweet. I smiled at him. Bye. I waved and spun to the sidewalk. I popped my earbuds in to listen to music on the walk. As I approached the building, the bell rang, and I checked my schedule to find the correct room for French. Since Mother and Elizabeth had lived in France for many years, I'd learned that language with English. We spoke both interchangeably at home, so even the advanced placement courses weren't challenging. When we lived in Miami, Mother introduced me to Spanish, and I'd taken lessons in elementary school, so Spanish wouldn't be hard for me either. They were just courses to make my transcript look as good as it could. Finding the French room, I took a seat beside the far windows. Seeing the Ganby kid enter, I pulled a notebook from my pack and started doodling. The teacher called the roll. As it was a small class and I was new, he invited me to introduce myself. I hated public speaking, but walked to the front of the class. In French? I asked the instructor. Preferably. Taking a deep breath, I fixed my gaze on a spot at the back wall. Speaking in French, I began. My name is Alina Scott, and I moved here from San Ramon. It's across the bay from San Francisco. You have a good French accent, the teacher commented in French. Have you been to France? My face flamed with embarrassment, and I tucked my braid behind my ear. My mother was born outside Paris, so we visit every summer, I told him, continuing in French. 
There was a loud cough from the area where the Ganby kid sat. Meeting his gaze, I did my best to shoot him an if-looks-could-kill stare. Thank you, Miss Scott. We're happy to have you. The instructor motioned for me to take my seat. He reviewed the syllabus and had us team up to review the prior year's material. The girl in front of me introduced herself as Annabelle, and I was more than happy to stay far away from Gamby and his gang. Sorry about Gamby. He stopped maturing in sixth grade, Annabelle said as we started the lesson. I shrugged off the thought of pushing his head into the floor. There's always one, right? Following French, my Spanish class met next door. Inside the room, students filled almost every desk. Finally finding an empty seat, I checked my messages. Sophie and Kaylee had both texted me again, and I replied to them. The teacher called the class to order, and I stowed my phone. The class went much like French, with the instructor going over the syllabus and breaking us up into groups for practice. When the bell rang, I felt grateful to have made it through my day without too much attention drawn to me. Figuring the library would be a good place to hang out for an hour and possibly catch a nap, I made my way to the opposite side of the school. As I took out my apple, I felt a tap on my shoulder. Hey, Lena. Oh, hi, Nick. I covered my mouth mid-bite. Want to come to study hall with me? We could get our European history homework finished. Okay, sure. I needed rest, but didn't want to be rude. Plus, if someone was being nice to me, I wasn't going to ignore them. Finishing my apple, I followed him into a classroom filled with the football players Hannah's tribe hung out with. I backed into the hall. Are you sure it's okay for me to be here? Yeah, come on. He grabbed my hand. Hey, I snatched it back. His palms went up. Sorry, I was just going to tell Coach you were studying with me. Okay. I nodded and waited beside the door as Nick spoke with the coach. Straining to hear Nick's words over the conversations in the room, I caught the word new. The coach looked up at me and back to Nick, nodding. Turning to me, Nick shot me a thumbs up. We're good, let's get a table. He cocked his head to the far side of the room. When I chose the seat opposite him, he leaned across the table. Personal space is kinda big with you, I'm guessing. My face flushed, and I imagined it turning deep red. No biggie. He plopped his backpack on the table. The bell rang, and the room fell silent. The coach called Roll and explained the rules of the study session. Hey, why does he get to have a girl here? A guy at the next table asked. There were rumbles of agreement throughout the room. The coach stood and hiked his waistband up. Nick is using his resources wisely. Something you could all learn from. Nick tapped on his notebook. So we have an hour. Think we can get through European history, calculus, and physics? I rolled my eyes. <laughs> no. Yeah, I didn't think so either. I pulled out my book, fighting a yawn. We'd been assigned to read and answer questions for chapter one. I scanned the text and started on the questions. Nick had the opposite approach, turning to the questions first. Even though I could have completed the task faster alone, I liked working with him. I spent the summer in near isolation, save cheer practice and the visit from Kaylee, 
so it was nice to connect with someone even if it was over homework. What are you better in, calculus or physics? He asked. Calculus? Me too. Should we work on physics then? Sure. I took a deep breath to avoid yawning again. I normally napped after lunch, and the eight-hour day had pushed the limits of my attention span. When the bell rang, we had one physics question left to finish. Storing my books in my backpack, I slung it on one shoulder. Thanks for the study session. He crossed a stand beside me. I moved here my sophomore year. Being new sucks. We walked with the other team members to the gym, and he pointed to the boys' locker room door. This is me. Thanks again. I'll see you tomorrow. Yep, he smiled. As I continued to the girls' locker room, Sophie caught up with me. Hey, were you walking with Nick? Yeah, he was nice to include me in their study hall. Be careful. I found out Melody likes him. It's not like that. I mean, we were doing schoolwork. All I'm saying is that she likes him. You don't want Melody or Hannah mad at you. You don't have to tell me that twice. I'd be stuck on the bottom of the towers for the whole year. And that would be a waste. She tugged on my braid as we entered the locker room. I changed into the practice uniform, stretching out my legs after pulling on my shorts. Sitting to slide on my sneakers, I noticed Hannah and Melody sauntering over, eyes fixed on me. Wondering if they could be any more predictable, I stood as they reached me. Hannah put a hand to her hip. Were you with Nick today? We were studying. Melody took a step forward. You knew I liked him. I didn't know that, but we were studying. You guys know my mother doesn't let me date anyway. Who listens to their mother? Four guys asked me out over the summer. Have I gone out with any of them? Hannah rolled her eyes. How would we know? So, what's your deal? You going to become a nun? Or do you like girls? I projected my voice so the whole room could hear. Not that it's any of your business, but I do like boys. I trust my mother to know what's best for me. I want to focus on my grades. I'd like to cheer in college, so I train a lot. I would never steal a boy from one of you. I thought we were a team. Teammates should trust each other, right? Did this summer count for nothing? We'd been to camp together and practiced five days a week for the past month. Maybe people like Hannah and Melody never learned. Obviously, they were still bullying their way through life at 18. But if I could change the attitude of the rest of the group, we would work better together. I liked feeling like a part of something positive. With continuous tension, the year would be miserable. I'd stated my position and stood shoulders squared in front of her. Stepping back, Hannah bobbed her head. Melody likes Nick. Got it? She looked to Melody. You good? Good enough for me, she shrugged. Hannah lifted her chin into the air. Let's go, ladies. Sophie grabbed my arm, and when I tensed it, she let go. I can't believe you did that. I haven't ever seen anyone stand up to Hannah. Well, it was about time. I'm not going to walk around scared of her all school year. That's what I said, but Hannah didn't frighten me. Even with the four inches she had on me, I could take her in my sleep. 
My only concern was what she could do to me socially. Sophie and I followed the rest of the girls out to the field, and I took my position beside Hannah. We stretched and then ran for 30 minutes. Next, we did core exercises and filed into the gym for a half hour of weight training. Our cool down consisted of going through our cheer routines and walking a lap of the track. I don't get how you're never breathing hard, Sophie said as we made our way back to the locker room. I told you, I run an hour on the team's rest days. I guess. I don't think I'll ever get used to running. Everyone has their thing. You're really flexible. We changed and made our way outside. Sophie pointed at a bus on the street. That's me. I'll text you tonight. Okay, bye. I waved to her as she jogged away. Seeing the familiar black sport utility vehicle in front of me, I ran to it. I opened the back door and slung my pack onto the seat, lowering myself onto the cool leather. Every cell tingled with anxiety. I'd held it together all through practice, but I didn't have a drop of psychological energy left. Rough afternoon? Orm asked as he pulled away from the curb. How long is the drive? Twenty minutes? He held a bag of my favorite organic trail mix out to me. Thank you. I snatched it and tore open the bag. Picking out the nuts first, I let my body relax into the soft bench. Anything out of the usual? Or does the normal cheerleader drama have you on edge again? It was like cheerleader drama on crack. Mix them with the masses, and they magnify their hive behaviors. I stood up to them, though. I think they'll leave me alone now. I popped a raisin into my mouth. Did you make any new friends? Anybody stand out? No one you or mother would be interested in. Looking at him in the rearview mirror, I rolled my eyes for effect. Melody likes the boy who was nice to me, so that's why she was bent out of shape. I held my finger up. And don't even say it. I know mother won't let me date. I told you Melody likes him. He was being nice. I'm taking a catnap. Good choice, miss. Closing my eyes, I imagined floating above the city. I appreciated that Orm listened to my teenage drama. Mother and Elizabeth had no tolerance for it, and sometimes I needed to vent. Of late, it had been daily. Within a block, I heard sirens and opened my eyes to see three squad cars in front of the sushi place I'd been to for lunch. Police tape hung across the front door. What's going on? I don't know. Orm pushed the power button on his police radio. Voices rolled off several codes, and then I recognized a name. Shogun Sushi, suspected 187, dispatch announced. 187? I hit Orm's shoulder. Someone was murdered. I ate lunch there, and someone was killed in the same spot. My stomach turned, and I covered my mouth with my hand. Focus, Alina. I will call your mother and see if she's following it. Murders happen all the time in L.A. Welcome to the City of Angels, I guess. Gymnastics will help you clear your head. Orm stopped in front of the gym. Thanks, Orm. I shot him a smile and heaved the car door open. Miss? Yes? I poked my head back into the vehicle. Here. He tossed me a small bottle of clear liquid. It will help with focus. Catching the mixture, I twisted off the cap and took a big whiff. Recognizing Orm's energizing mixture, 
I released my breath and drew in another, already feeling renewed. Even exhausted, I looked forward to my private gymnastics sessions. Nothing beat the feeling of flipping through the air. I changed and met my instructor on the mat. She had me go through warm-ups and helped me stretch out. My mind kept looping back to my lunch, but I focused as well as I could on the 15 minutes on bars, then beam, and the floor routines. You're off your game today. Everything okay? She asked as I finished my floor stunts. There was this crime scene at the sushi restaurant I ate at for lunch. It kind of freaked me out. That's hard. I'm sorry. Don't let this city get to you, though. We'll do vault on Wednesday. Sounds good. Thanks. I jogged to the locker room to change. The sun blinded me as I walked outside, and I shielded my eyes with my hands. Hearing a quick honk, I turned to see Orm approaching. How was your session? He asked as I tossed my bag in the back and climbed in beside him. Did you hear anything about the murder? It was a female waitress, and the condition of the body is suspicious. Your mother has people at the house now. Again? This is the third case since we've been here. Definitely seems like we have a rogue vamp on our hands. Is mother issuing martial law? Do I even get to go to school? I thought you wanted to be homeschooled. Today wasn't too bad. I let my head rest on the window and closed my eyes. Orm weaved through the streets to our building, and sensing the darkness of the garage, I lifted my lids. Thank you for driving me, Orm, I told him as we entered the elevator. Of course, Miss Alina. Upstairs, there were two bodyguards outside our door, and I caught the sense of at least four extra bodies inside. As soon as I stepped inside, Mother appeared beside me. Wrapping her arms around me, she squeezed me to her. I am so sorry you had to see the scene, darling. I'm okay, Mother. I wiggled away from her. I know this is hard. With one arm around my shoulders, she led me to the sitting room. But we have some evidence from the alley behind the restaurant. It was so close to your school, and I want you to know the scent. Four policemen sat in the receiving room, and they stood as we entered. Mother kept vampires on every major law enforcement agency in the country so she could monitor criminal behavior. This is a bandana they found at the scene. One of the officers handed a plastic bag to Mother. She opened it and held it up to my nose. The fabric smelled of musk and sweat, and my nose crinkled up instinctively. That's not a smell I'll forget anytime soon. Good. She closed the bag and handed it back to the officer. So who was it? Who's the victim? Let's not worry about that. Mother wrapped her arms around my back, spinning me around. I ate there yesterday and today. The person may have served me. Mother stopped and motioned to the officer holding a file. Taking the file as he approached, she opened it and held up a photo. This is the girl. I cupped my hand to my mouth. That's the hostess. The officer in front of us cleared his throat. Did she smell nice? They all do. Okay, this is enough. Alina, go clean up for dinner, Mother ordered. But maybe I could help. Are you crazy? That is the opposite of what you should be thinking. We don't know how old or powerful this rogue vampire is. 
You promise me you'll stay away from that area. Okay, I will. Good. Now go shower. Dinner is still at 7.30. Thinking the last thing I wanted was to eat, I retrieved my pack and made my way to my room. Letting the bag fall to the floor once the double doors clicked shut, I reclined against the soft wood. With violet walls, dark hardwood floors, and accents of lilac and white, this was my sanctuary. Lifting a finger and pushing magic towards the windows, I closed the shades to produce complete darkness. I shed my shoes and wiggled my toes, letting the long strands of long pile rugs slip through them. In the bathroom, I started the shower. While it got hot, I browsed through my dresses, searching for the softest one. Dinner was an event at our house, and I was expected to be in formal attire. Finding a sleeveless white satin cocktail dress, I hung it on the door. I pinned up my hair and washed and dressed quickly. Grateful shoes were optional, I padded to the dining room. Mother's brow, usually smooth and clear, creased with anxiety. Still, her eyes sparkled as they landed on me. Crossing the room, I set a kiss on each of her cheeks, and she returned the greeting. Sit, you must be exhausted. It's been a long day. You can tell us all about it. I took a seat at the far end of the table while Elizabeth and Orm took the two across from each other. To Alina and her last year of high school. Mother forced a smile and lifted her glass of champagne. With my face feeling flushed from the attention, I raised my glass and tapped it to each of theirs. Elizabeth passed the dishes of food, and after we'd filled our plates, Mother bowed her head for the blessing. Heavenly beings, full of grace, we are grateful for this harvest. Bless each soul that partakes, we beseech you. Mother set her napkin in her lap and lifted her fork, signaling the beginning of the meal. Raising my knife, I sliced a bit of salmon and slid it in my mouth. This is excellent, Elizabeth. I commended her when I'd finished the bite. Thank you, ma'am. So, about your day, Alina. Elizabeth said you gave her a hard time before breakfast. Mother's eyes landed on me. I looked at my lap. It's early, and I'm tired. Early mornings and daytime schedules are hard for all of us. She took a bite of fish and made a circle with her fork. Well, Orm fares fine, but still. Speaking of which, Orm says you made a friend? Anyone interesting? I ignored the term interesting in her question, knowing she meant supernatural beings, and proceeded to tell them about Nick. I guess he's a friend. We studied together in my free period. Her eyes got wide. And where was this? In a study session monitored by his football coach. I see. She dabbed her lips and replaced the napkin in her lap. And what of the boy you wanted? She cleared her throat. Excuse me, had an issue with. Cheerleaders aren't supposed to be smart, according to him. My goodness. You think humans would have evolved past separation of beauty and brains? This girl in my class said he pretty much picked on everyone. Teenagers, she rolled her eyes. Anything else? I put Hannah in her place. Mother stopped mid-bite. With tact, I assume? 
Her left eyebrow shot up. I looked between Elizabeth and Orm, trying to create drama. Yes, of course. Good for you. Did you talk to anybody else? Anyone interesting? She set her elbows on the table and made an arch with her fingers. The girl Annabelle, she was nice. What do you mean, nice? Interesting nice or just nice? Usually I made it a game. I knew she hated it, so I strung her along to see how many times she would ask if I ran across anyone interesting. Right then, my nerves were frayed. I was exhausted, and I didn't have the patience. What do you mean? Someone like a covert agent who may kidnap me and hold me for ransom? Maybe my old imaginary friends, Chaser Ivy? Speaking her name made my throat close up, but I pushed on. Or maybe my father. When do I get to know who he is, by the way? Or meet him? Maybe I could protect myself if you let me learn to... Alina. Elizabeth's sharp voice cut my oration short. Instantly ashamed for lashing out at mother, my eyes cut to my plate. She tried, and she was a good mother for the most part. Not doting like a lot of mothers, but I had Elizabeth for that. Me, Orm, and Elizabeth were all mother had. She loved me, but she was more of a lioness than a mother hen. Mother squeezed Elizabeth's arm. It's okay. She's had a hard day. She needs rest. How about a half hour tonight, Orm? A tear formed in my eye. I'm sorry. No, I didn't sense anyone of interest. I know, sweetie. I shouldn't push you. I need to be sure we don't overlook anything. I'm almost 18. We've been doing this since I was in kindergarten. Well, I will agree that you are nearing 18, but there are still 10 months until your birthday. There is much to learn before then. Wow. What an intro into this series. We met Elizabeth, Alina's vampire pseudo-grandmother, her mother Anne, her friend Kaylee from her old school in San Ramon, her winch mentor Orm, cheerleader friend Sophie, cheerleader frenemies Hannah and Melody, Nick, her hot football player friend, Gamby, the bully, French class friend Annabelle, and find out just how dangerous modern-day vampires can be when a waitress at the sushi place Alina frequents is murdered. You can listen to or read the rest of the story by downloading the ebook or audiobook on your favorite retailer site. I'm excited to get the series complete with the release of the final audiobook, Kingdom of War, in June. Until next time, happy listening and happy reading. I hope you find the magic.